Thanks for listening to the GOSH podcast. GOSH stands for the Gynecologic Oncology Sharing Hub, an open space for real and evidence-based discussions on gynecologic cancers. We'll share the stories of gyne cancer patients and survivors and hear from researchers and clinicians who are working behind the scenes to improve the lives of people with gynecologic cancers. Our podcast is produced and recorded on the traditional unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations. It is produced by the Gynecologic Cancer Initiative, a province-wide initiative in British Columbia with the mission to accelerate transformative research and translational practice on the prevention, detection, treatment, and survivorship of gynecologic cancers. Hi, I'm Elmira Jantuyakova. I do behind-the-scenes work for the GOSH podcast. Today, I'll take over Stephanie and Nicole's place as a host, and you're listening to the GOSH podcast. Before we jump into the episode, we would love to hear from you, our incredible audience. We've put together a short survey for you to share your thoughts, suggestions, and ideas. In this survey, we have a few simple demographic questions to help us better understand our listeners. Also, if you have ever thought of being a guest on our show or have someone in mind who you would like to hear from, well, now is your chance. We are looking for guests who can bring unique perspectives, expertise, and stories to share with our audience. Your feedback will play a vital role in shaping the future direction of the show. So please take a few minutes to complete the survey. You can find the survey link in the episode description as well as our show notes. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Okay, hi everyone and welcome back. Today we welcome Amanda Wright. Uh, on our previous episode, we heard from Amanda's mother, Anita, who told her story facing ovarian cancer diagnosis. Today we will hear from Amanda, a beloved daughter and one of Anita's caregivers. Amanda is a registered massage therapist with nearly three decades of experience in her field. She's happily married and a proud mother of 15-year-old son. Her family extends beyond her immediate household with a younger sister residing out west near her mother, Anita. Amanda's journey has also been marked by loss as she lost her brother in 2016 due to heart-related condition. Today, Amanda will share her perspective as a caregiver and a loved one, shedding light on the journey that came with supporting a family member through gynecologic cancer diagnosis. Amanda, thank you for joining us today and welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I was, we talked to your mother um, in the last episode and we heard how she, about her journey with ovarian cancer. And I was wanting to hear from you, how was it for you uh, personally when you first heard, uh, learned about your mom's diagnosis? How did you feel? Um, it was difficult. Um, one being that I'm very close to my mom and we had not really had a family history of cancer. Um, and she's living in Vancouver and I'm here in Toronto. So that posed already as soon as I heard the word cancer, I knew that we were going to have a rough couple of years potentially. Yeah, I see. Um, what was, what would you say your role was throughout Anita's uh, cancer journey and did it change throughout? The, the experience um yeah it has um I mean mom and I are very close in, as my sister and um I we speak every single day or every couple of days anyway um I just made 
sure that we were connecting daily so I could get an idea of what was going on. And it was really important for me to, or has been very important for me to FaceTime her as often as I can, because um, particularly being in the healthcare industry, uh, you learn certain signs when you um, look at somebody visually, you can tell whether they're not well or not. So it sort of just gave me a little more information about how she was feeling day to day by kind of looking at her face. Um, I, um, you know, have a, a extensive background for medical in as far as massage therapy goes. So I was able to connect with colleagues as well that were in the medical field that were able to give me some more information that I was potentially able to help her kind of knew sort of that we had to be pretty persistent in making phone calls to get her into the cancer center and um, was very impressed with speaking to anybody that had to deal with cancer and what a, I felt like a different type of people they were um, very kind, very receptive and very willing to help. Um, yeah, it, it hasn't changed necessarily other than I would say maybe even connecting more and more every day than I probably would have with her just to check in to see how she's doing, see if I can offer any help in any way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So do you, do you feel like your relationship changed throughout the journey? Um, no, I think it just got even stronger. I mean, we've always had a really great connection and always been really, really close. She and my sister and I um, mm -hmm. were sort of, sort of know what, what each other is thinking before either one of us say anything and tend to pick up the phone and call one another um, mm -hmm. automatically just kind of at the same time. So we've always been super, super close. Um, just the, the distance has been hard. Um, I have had to take some time off work um, to go out during sort of some of her, like initially when she was first diagnosed, I went out right away the very next day um, and spent as much time as I could with her until we kind of got her um, back home and organized and then I went back out again for her surgery and then I was out again this summer to combine a visit and, to, and for my sister's birthday and now we're just waiting on what's next um, for her journey so mm -hmm. I see uh, so, such yeah, a, so it's been a little bit of uh, having to juggle with um, my husband you know taking on a more of a prominent role in and mm -hmm. driving necessarily my son around or getting to or from if he was working vice versa like he was he's doing all of it when I'm gone mm -hmm. yeah that's great that's such a blessing to have uh, good relationships with your family mm -hmm. um, yeah and it seems like it takes a village to like um, it's not only you as her daughter it's your son and your husband that had to accommodate and show support for for you and the your mother that's great yeah. um as you mentioned you were in medical field uh as yeah. a massage therapist did you your professional you you mentioned that a little bit but i was wondering maybe to dive deeper into that did your professional background influence the ways in which you provided care or did you know did you could you share any techniques maybe that maybe um i i would say that um i had a i had a really good understanding of uh, anything to do with the medical reports, medical conversations, just because of knowing all the terminology and sort of being very familiar with it. I have treated, uh, I'm in a multidisciplinary practice now. Um, so I sort of see all sorts of different people, but I have treated people who have had cancer treatment or have gone through cancer. Um, and I work with a chiropractor that um, 
has um, close family that are oncologists. So I was able to reach out um, for a few questions to be answered here and there. Um, it was easy for me to jump on any forums and sort of understand what people were talking about based on having the medical background uh, that I have as a massage therapist. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to use too many techniques on her just because um, she's in, in Vancouver and I'm here in Toronto. Um, but when I did see her, I would sort of give her some gentle massage techniques that she was able to handle just to make her feel a little bit better. Um, but I was also able to sort of look at like any of her wounds or her dressings or anything like that and sort of say, okay, yay, I think, you know, I know what to look for here that we should go get this looked at or if her symptomology, if she wasn't feeling very well, if she had a temperature sort of when to sort of push for more care, I would say, um, and maybe help my sister and I sort of chat about it a little more. All three of us kind of come to sort of decisions on what we thought would be the best for her. Um, also because having been in the industry of massage therapy, the healthcare field, I was, I may have heard some of the things that were going on and would be able to say, okay, well, I have a client that said this and this was their response. So I was able to give her a little bit of feedback here and there. Yeah, that's great. Sometimes I feel, yeah, it's hard for, it's so much, so much terminology that like comes to you when you're in the yoga and you need to make sense of it and having someone in the medical field who could help you make sense of it. It's really good. It's really nice. Um, Sorry, I was just saying mm -hmm. to add, in addition to um, reading her um, blood blood test reports, not that we study any of that in um, massage therapy or that it's necessarily in our scope of practice, but um, we would get some case histories here and there that would have us sort of like look at some of those things and be a little more aware of what's going on. If mm -hmm. you're not interested in the medical field, it's not something you would normally uh, look yeah. at is your numbers and whatnot that was going mm -hmm. on lab reports mm -hmm. and you probably know where to look for the info as well yes. rather yes. than more reliable yes. sources and yeah and the networking part is also really great to be able to like connect with oncologists and uh, yeah gather the information that's that's really yeah great um yeah as i mentioned i uh in 2016 uh unfortunately um, losing uh, a brother, an older brother, um, is a profound loss. And I was wondering how did that experience, if it at all influenced uh, your approach to caregiving and support of your mom? Um, well, with my brother, unfortunately, it was so sudden, we didn't know. So, I mean, when you have a sudden loss, um, he just didn't wake up one morning. Um, it actually is harder on the people that have been left behind than obviously him. He potentially died peacefully in his sleep however that left a you know very difficult uh, challenge for us to get through so when we found out about mom's cancer diagnosis of course your mind goes right away to that uh oh here we go again um however uh, I don't know if you can ever really prepare for these things other than just go through um connecting with everybody to find out okay you know if this is going to come to an end at some point, what are the things that we need to do or want to do, or what are your wishes or what are the things that you want us to know um, while you're going through your care, whatever it may be. So um, I don't, I, I don't really say that it could prepare you. It's just, it's just a different type of loss. And mom's in particular, because um, initially when she was diagnosed in emergency, um, when they first told us about her cancer, 
they actually said that uh, she was uh, unlimited time at that point. So we kind of had all these conversations and, you know, weren't prepared for them, but did the best we could to go through, okay, we've only got this much time left. What is it that you want? What are your, what are your plans for the next little while? And didn't really think that there would be care. So I think there was a bit of a disconnect between the emergency department when they're diagnosing an individual and getting the individual to the cancer center. It seems right now, um, just from chatting to multiple people, that it's about a four to six week wait by the time you have had your um, information you've been given to you in the hospital to actually when you get into a cancer center or get under like an oncologist care. So that's a long time to wait with the unknown. Um, so there's all kinds of emotions that go through during that time. Um, I wish there was a bridge that could go between those two so that both the family and the person that's dealing with the cancer didn't have such a, a long wait time. But I think that's just the nature of the healthcare system at the moment being burdened with, uh, you know, all these different reasons why our healthcare system is struggling at the moment. Um, and I think that once we got into the oncology center and it was like a breath of fresh air that they said to my mom, we have a plan for everybody that that sort of took like a big burden off of our shoulders to know, Oh my gosh, this isn't the end yet. We do have time. So that was uh, a big kind of light bulb moment for, I think my sister and my mom and I at that time. Yeah. It seems like a, uh emotional roller coasters that you mm -hmm. went through mm -hmm. and that's yeah. what that that is the exact words for this type of cancer because one minute it's um it's not going very well and the next next minute she's rallying i mean a lot i do believe a lot of it has to do with um a person's mental health um mm -hmm. when they're going through this jury journey and their support system for sure mm -hmm. yeah and a lot of difficult conversations that you had to have is also mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, something multiple times <laughs> yeah one need to be aware of whoever is facing a similar um, mm -hmm. taking a similar role as you um yeah and as you mentioned an emotional well-being of a person diagnosed with a with a diagnosis is is one part but it, there is also a part of the well-being of a caregiver with the mm -hmm. right sort of mindset and I was just wondering how uh what how like what helped you with your mental health during that um thing? I think talking about it for me I mean everybody's different some people are quite private but uh our family's not that way um and you know the more I talked about it out loud the more it sort of made more sense to me I was able to kind of rationalize it having a very supportive husband and uh, son and family that I was able to talk to my sister talking even through my mom uh, often just the different ways um, you know crying when you needed to cry letting it out um, just continuing to take care of myself mentally well so getting massages myself exercising all of the things that you need to do to sort of keep yourself healthy I'm still um, as an RMT we're not required to um, wear masks anymore um, but that's another thing that I have kept up since mom's been sick because I didn't want there to be a point that I was never able to fly to see her because I wasn't well so I've kept up wearing a mask um, in a small confined space for for when I'm treating mm. so it also entailed like taking care of your own health mm -hmm. like being aware as well yeah that's that's great um 
Yeah, we talked about some strategies and coping mechanisms that helped you. And you mentioned um, talking out loud and um, keeping up with your exercises and getting massages, sort of self-care, not forgetting about your um, own self-care, about your own um, mental well-being. Yeah, that's that's something that comes up a lot when we talk to um, caregivers. And um, maybe I think I had only one question left to you um, is maybe do you have any advice for someone who is currently going through um, a diagnosis, a cancer diagnosis of a loved one? Um, um, I think a couple of things. I think, first of all, you do need a good support system, um, especially during treatment, chemo, radiation. Um, if you can ask as many people as you can to help you, whatever it may be, cooking dinners, taking you to appointments, um, waiting in the car while you have, have an appointment, um, being there at home for the person when they come back from their chemotherapy treatment, the more help you can get. And I think take it. I don't think that anybody should feel um, badly about taking it because everybody has been touched pretty much by cancer at one point in their life or not. And to have a support system um, available to you really helps the individual that has cancer, I think, get through it a little more easily. Um, it's not, um, you know, it's not always going to turn out for the best, but the more people you have around you, um, the better it will be and a positive attitude for sure. I know a lot of it has to do with mom's um, mental health and her positive attitude that has taken her as far as she has gone, but she's never been a quitter. Um, she's always been fighting her entire life for whatever reason. So this was not going to be any different challenge for her. She was just going to continue. Nobody was going to give her or is going to give her a timeline. And um, she's just fighting every single day. So I think that uh, don't forget to ask, ask for help at any given time from anybody. People often don't want to burden other people, but I think, I think the, universe or people are waiting to offer help and often they don't even know what to do to help you but if you ask i think that you will receive the care and uh, help that you need yeah thank you thank you i think that's that's really helpful advice not to be sort of um not to be afraid of getting care for yourself and mm -hmm. for uh, and help yeah that's really great advice that sometimes uh, I think people forget and uh, yeah I think that was our last question and I would like to thank you for joining us and giving your perspective it was really great I, I think people will find it really helpful um, okay. yeah thank you thanks for joining us on the GOSH podcast to learn more about the Gynecologic Cancer Initiative and our podcast make sure to check out our website at gynecancerinitiative.ca